Thank you for joining us for another episode of Queen Conversations. I am super duper excited about my guest today. I know I say it every week, but sincerely super excited about my guest this week. Um, we're talking about real estate and I'm excited to introduce to you Donette Pontikis. Um, has been recognized by Dayton Business Journal as one of its people on the move. Um, she's received an award of distinction from Dayton Realtors, uh, and she was recognized for her 5.5 million sales volume in 2020. Who does that in a pandemic? Um, when I asked Donette for her bio, she literally said, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a realtor, I'm a crazy person, I'm just Donette. Um, her humility is truly admirable and inspiring. I'm so glad to introduce to the podcast today. Uh, one of my uh, dear friends, Donette Pontikis. Hey. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having so me. Glad. Thank you for being here. I'm so, so glad to have you. Um, not only uh, because you're amazing in your space, but because um, I think you're one of those persons that I met and immediately we clicked. We and did. We, we did. did, and I am so glad to have you on the show today. Um, I start the show at the same way every time, so I have okay. some in that. Let's have fun with this, Donna, and then we'll dive into the substance of the show. Okay, so, let's do it. All right, comedy or romance? Comedy, comedy. Yeah, you mm -hmm. love to laugh, so that makes comedy. sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dancing or singing? Dancing. Yes, we've danced together. We have. <laughs> <laughs> or delivery. Ooh. Delivery. Delivery. <laughs> like you got little people. You like, let's just stay at the house, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> vacation, yeah. vacation or staycation. Um, vacation now, staycation when the kids are out of the house. <laughs> right. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Roses or lilies? Lilies. Lilies. Um, underdressed or overdressed? Underdressed. Okay. Permission. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. Overdressed. Always overdressed when I go out, underdressed at home. I, I misunderstood that. Overdressed always. Always. Overdressed always. Always. I agree 100%. I would always, always rather always. be overdressed. Yes. Um, would you rather ask for a uh, permission or forgiveness? Um, Permission. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I Permission only because just in case, you know, you got to read the room. Get her if, first permission to something, but for, I always forget. It. They both go together. Come on, <laughs> like, don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. Permission okay. to be myself, but forgive me for what I say. <laughs> <laughs> that is so you. That is so you. Um, and then finally, everybody has to answer this question when they come to the podcast: Apple or Android? Android. Ah, oh, net. <laughs> I'm still going to love you forever anyway. <laughs> the only reason I'm saying that today is because I was not able to get out of my, I have Mac, I have Apple everything, but today I want an Android because it didn't work. 
but I am an Apple fan. I should say that. But today I needed an Android. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so again, thank you so much for being a part of this and thank you for like, just being excited about being a part of this. Um, I want to talk to you about, uh, real estate and, uh, kind of your journey to real estate. Like, how did you end up there? Was that like something you, um, desire to do? Was that a goal for you when you were younger or tell me about how you entered the world of real estate? Well, it started probably when I was younger. My mom and dad always had a love for homes and we've always had unique type of homes. And I would always be with them when they would go look at homes or go to estate sales or garage sales. And my mom had such a flair for decorating and my dad was, uh, he could fix anything and make anything look beautiful. So I think it started when I was younger Mm -hmm. and I've always had a desire. Every time I walked into anybody's home, even as a child, I'd be looking around at the home and just seeing what it was like and just always remembering kids by their home and mm-hmm. families by their home. Wow. And my mom and the love of decorating and just appreciating the beauty in every kind of home. The the older the home, the more beautiful it was to my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, the home that everybody would walk away from, my mom would see the beauty in it. So I would mm-hmm. I learned to see the beauty in homes when nobody else did. So yeah. as I got older, I I picked professions that were not related to that. But mm-hmm. I think that I needed to do all those professions to get where I was at. I was in real. Um, I was a waitress and I went into restaurant management and then I went into, believe it or not, I was a hairstylist for 15 years. But mm-hmm. in the back of my head, I was still doing home thinking about homes and always going to homoramas or going to estate right. sales just to see, not necessarily to buy the stuff, but just, just to see the home where the, the items were. So I just always had a love for it. When I came here and I was coming from Chicago and I didn't want to be a hairstylist again, I said, I'm getting my license. I'm going to do it. I want to help people yeah. find their dream home. I mean, I was just meant to do it. I should have done it a long time ago, but I wouldn't be the person I am now without everything I did before that. I love that. So your journey, uh, th- those little pit stops on the journey really helped you to develop into the real estate agent you are today. The- they do, because even when I was uh, even when I was a hairstylist, I would talk to people about homes. I would talk to people about their homes. They're fixing up stuff and then they would invite me to their home. So it still was always a part of my journey. It really was. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, what are what are uh What are some of the things that uh, or skill sets that uh, you developed along the way in those particular professions that really helped you um, to develop? Well, I think first and foremost, if you're if you're going to be a realtor, you have to really know how to work with all different types of people, all different age groups of people, all different personalities. So I think for me, um, one of the skill sets that really you never lose no matter what job you're you're at remember mm-hmm. who you're remember who you're talking to right and remember to respect everyone no matter what age group they are no if you're talking to a 20 year old they might be a first time home buyer you know they may be looking for things that um in a home that would not necessarily work for a 20 year old you know and look for the neighborhood as far as are you looking for a neighborhood with young kids in the neighborhood so i Mm -hmm. think that just knowing how to read people knowing what they like listening to them listening is most important listen Mm -hmm. to what they want and i think listening and knowing how to work with all different ages and types of people, personalities, um, really helps 
when you're a realtor. That's I really just it's your relationships with people because that's what really people are looking for because you're going to have to work with somebody and you have to build a relationship with them and you have to know how to work with everyone different. That's great. So um, what are some of the um, as why? Because I, I, I obviously this podcast is is centrally focused on women and the amazing things that they right. do. Why do you think representation um, is important in real estate in terms of you being a woman, um, in terms of you having, you know, um, any background that is not traditionally standard in that field, if you will? Well, if you don't have any background, the first thing you, as a woman, we, we can talk to people, we can listen to people, we can understand people. If there is somebody that's interested in going to real estate, especially women, we are able to see the big picture. When we go to a listing appointment, we're looking around the house. We can tell if somebody needs help with staging. We can help see if somebody is really sentimental about their home because we're sentimental about our homes. That is where we have our dinners. We have our family gatherings. So I think that women can relate to home buying and home selling a little bit deeper than men can because mm -hmm. most of the time women are the heart of the home. Yeah, they are. They are. And I'm not saying men are not the heart of the home, depending on the circumstance. And it could be the husband and wife that are the heart of the home. But women can go in there and they can recognize and they can see and feel. And they could. Women can do two things at one time. They can listen to the client, what their wants and needs are, and then they can look around at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's a quality sometimes I think where the male has a little bit of a problem with. Gotcha. And not that they have a problem. I just think that we can multitask as we sit and listen. And mm -hmm. really our takeaways are a little different mm -hmm. than the male takeaway. Gotcha. So um, is there, what is the, is, I'm not sure if you even know, but um, as far as real estate is concerned, is it still predominantly uh, male dominated or is it more women uh, than men? Is it is it kind of equaling out or balancing out? Well, what's interesting, it's funny that you say that because I do see, I do more deals with women and mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I looked back at my portfolio just to see what I had. And I think more women are coming into the, to real estate because depending on the dynamics of the household is flexible. And if you have, when you first start real estate, you're not making money right away and mm -hmm. it's great to have a support team. So that's where the male comes in and a husband and wife situation. If a female is able to go do real estate and they have the support of their husband because say they have a different role in a mm -hmm. job that brings in money that can sustain them while the female realtor builds their clientele. Mm -hmm. I think that's why you're seeing more females because it's flexible. They want to be home with their children. You know, they can take their children with them. You know, you're not, you don't have to go into an office anymore. You right. can stay home. So I do see more females coming on um, as realtors. And I, I understand why it's flexible. That's it's great. Flexible. That's great. And, and then what are, what are some of the, some of the challenges of being in your field? I would say the challenges right now is there's, there is a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of, um, and you really have to um, know what you're talking about when you go to a listing appointment. Not only someone that work with you, they want to know that you're going to be able to protect their biggest interest. Right. So I, think that, I think that it's who you know. Again, mm -hmm. it is your reputation. But with this type of a market right now being very low inventory, mm -hmm. meaning that there are more realtors than houses on the market right now. Wow. And that's big. So 
for a seller's market and that much competition, you really have to wow somebody when you go into a listing appointment. It's great when you get a referral because that helps. And mm -hmm. sometimes even with a referral, you're still competing against other realtors. Right. So, so, wow. so I think that with that, you just, when it comes down to it, are you going to be able to work together? Is the seller or the buyer feel that you're going to have their best interest in mind? So really, I think it's the relationship that the knowledge comes with it, but mm -hmm. they have to know that they can work with you. Right. That's the right. big, big that's one. That's great. And what are some of the joys of the field? I know you said that like literally from the beginning, uh, as far as back as you can remember, you loved homes. But what are some of the current joys that you experience in the work that you do? The joy is when I see somebody walk into a house and once you get to know them and how they look at houses, when someone is looking around and sometimes I get the claps like, oh, this is it. This is it. I think <laughs> that when you're shopping for a home, and you're looking for a home. I think that you should never say, well, I really don't need that. I really don't need that. You should have it all. This is where you're a big investment we're going to be. So when I see somebody get excited about the house and really excited, and they're both excited together, that makes it for me. And we could look at 50 homes. And then when they find the one, but when they find the one, that's very, very exciting for me because now they're placing themselves in the home. They could see their family there. They could see their furniture there. They could just, it's exciting for me and I get excited with them. I do. It's like matchmaking. It's like matchmaking. It really is. It really is. <laughs> um, a, a few questions, though, that I do have. Um, so number one, what is what would you say um, that is some of the uh, biggest misconceptions that people have about purchasing well, and I think, yeah. about selling? Well, I think with purchasing, you know, it's funny because I work with both clients at the same time. I, I will sell their house and they will purchase their house. So they really wear two different hats when they're selling. They want the most they can get from the house. And sometimes they negotiate a little bit, you know, I don't want to say harder and unreasonable, but they're expecting a little bit more. But when they go to buy, mm -hmm. you know, now there, there's a seller on the other end. Right. So I think for the when you're purchasing a home, I think that sometimes, especially right now, because the prices and the home prices are very high right now. And I think that they're not getting everything that they want. And I think they're disappointed. And I think that I try to, to tell them when you're purchasing, if you don't see everything that you like in this type of a market, don't get caught up in the game of being in the where I want this house and I'll pay anything to have it because I need a house right now. When you're a purchaser, get everything you want or just wait because yeah. it's such. And I just don't like when people purchase when they don't have everything that they want. And I don't say that they're going to get everything they want. But if you don't have the majority on your checklist, then this is not the home for you. So I do caution the purchaser right now. Price Prices are really high. If you don't see everything that you want in a home or the majority of what you want in a home, hold back until you find everything you want. And as far as selling a home right now, I think that it's really hard because everything is going, I don't want to say everything, most everything is going over asking or mm -hmm. at asking price. Mm -hmm. And I think that the sellers right now, the expectation is that my neighbor sold and they got $30,000, $40,000 over asking right now. That's what I expect. I tell sellers right now, you may get that. You may get your full asking price, but we need to be realistic. We don't know when that day is going to change. So you have to treat everybody that comes in as a buyer equally the same as that. If you get a full price offer, that might be better than your 
offer that's 20000 over asking because wow. that might be the buyer and the particular realtor that you're going to want to work with that's going to get you to closing because buying and selling, you just have to be realistic and remember it. It's an investment. It's not a game. It's not who wins. It's getting to closing and mm-hmm. getting what you want. On a seller's end, getting the right buyer and on the buyer's end, getting the right home where you don't feel like you're overpaying. That's great. That's great, great, great advice. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people um, have the desire to purchase, have desire to have a home, um, but they're not always being educated as to how to go about it. You know what I mean? And I think um, realtors that really take the time to say, hey, I'm not just trying to make money here. I want to make sure you're cool because you have to live with this investment that you're making. Right. You have to live with this home and these features for a great a great deal of time for most people. And then I feel like if I encourage somebody to buy a house that I know that they're not hitting all their check boxes on, if they in two years don't like that house, they may not call me again. I have to be honest. I mean, I have right. to say, listen, it's not everything that you want. And and do not anything over asking to me. I, I just don't understand why we are encouraging this. I get that people want a house and I'm all for that, but Paying over asking just to get a house that doesn't have everything that you want is not a good investment. It's just not. And hang tight. There will be. There will be maybe a change, maybe something you see that I don't mind paying this. Right. Doing escalation clauses and paying over and paying over worth what the house is appraised for is not a good investment. Right. You don't don't win. You don't win. And how often, um, I mean, to your knowledge, like how often does that happen? And then people are uh, find themselves in financial difficulty when they're offering over. Well, I think a lot of I'll be real honest with you. I haven't had too many buyers to do that because I try. I don't want to try to say I control my buyers. I have to talk with them. I have, I said, we're going to have a talk about this buying market before we go, because I just want you to understand what could happen when you make your offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the problem is right now, the first time home buyer doesn't stand a chance right now, which is really a shame because mm-hmm. when you're, you're they're looking at the loans, when they're looking at your offer, if you have somebody that has FHA, which is a first time home buyer, they're going to pick a cash offer or a conventional oh, yeah. offer before they even look at yours. And that's unfortunate because I have first time home buyers right now to finally qualify to buy a home. And everything that comes on the market has 20 and 30 appointments on it already. Mm. And I said, I will take you, but there's most likely going to be a cash offer or a conventional offer in there. So we'll go, but I wanna just set you up for that because I don't want you to fall in love with something that they may not even look at your offer. Cause you, and then I don't want them to get into the situation, well, I'll do full, I'll do 10,000 over asking. I'm like, do you understand what that means? You will have to bring $10,000 extra to closing. Wow. Because they think that they can just slide that in their loan, but this is what you're approved for. Mm-hmm. So just educating your clients before they buy and before they sell makes it a more comfortable experience for everyone. Right. So what do you what do you recommend them for uh, first time home buyers? Is this a market where they kind of keep their eye out for what they like, but then also just maybe buy their time a little bit? Or what are your recommendations? So what I recommend for the first time home buyers really have a good relationship with your lender right now and say, I'm a first time home buyer. I'm FHA. What do I need to do to get to conventional to be 
able to compete with other conventional buyers because as FHA, they're not looking at me right now. So right. that's a good thing. Have a good relationship with your lender. And then I tell the, the first time home buyer, keep saving your money. Mm -hmm. Keep looking. And if you're in a rental situation, make a good relationship with your landlord right now. Let them know if you can what you're doing, because if you have to sign that lease, because a lot of them timed it when their lease is up. Mm. And you're not finding it anything right now. Can I sublet if I find something good? But the the main thing to do is to just let them know you will get a house. You will be in the home that you love, but you have to be patient. This is one purchase that I feel that you should not be impulsive on because it's your home. It's what you come to every day. And you want to love it. And, yeah. it, and, you, and as a first time homebuyer, you're not going to get everything. But you mm -hmm. want to feel you want to feel good after you're closing and you move your boxes into your house is that this is great. And then you yeah. want to feel like, yeah, my realtor was right. I'm glad I waited. I'm glad that we didn't just overbuy or just pick the house because you could look at 30 houses and you could love mm -hmm. five of them and, you know, may not end up with any of them. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot to listen to that. So, Danette, tell me about how COVID has impacted the work you do Um Tell me about the stages when we first, you know, went into quarantine stages. And then as we are coming out of that, how has the entire uh, time frame with the pandemic impacted the work that you do? Well, I think that when it first happened, because believe it or not, 2020 was my best year. Killed it. I mean, like, who, that's what I said. Who well, does that? I mean, and I had two kids home remote as well, too. So yeah. it was it was a challenge. Um it, it, I'll tell you how it impacted. I, I think it impacted people's thinking. Should I stay put? Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Um, people that are now working from home. There's two ways to look at it. People started working from home. And that kind of is like, oh, people are like, oh, I don't know if I like being here all the time like this. Maybe I do want a bigger house. Maybe I do want something with the office. So that helped it a little bit where people were in their home all the time. They yeah. were able to um, really realize how much they really love their home. Some people did home improvements and said, hey, I'm going to do this and get ready for the the next market. So I think 2020, um, it was still good. Things were still moving. It affected me for the fact that my kids were home. I did have my husband home too. So I had that support. If I need to run out and go show a house, he was home. So I didn't have to worry about the kids because so, his job brought him home. But I think it just changed the way people think. You know what I mean? I think, it, I think that you either loved your home that you were in because you were quarantined in there, or you realized that you didn't love your home. I think that for me, um, I had sellers that were ready to sell right away and then they decided to back off. I had people that relocated, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, and then their companies, um, some of them had that relocation package where they bought the house and let them go. And then they listed it with a relocation realtor. So it just, it was, it was, it impacted. It did. It impacted people for, you know, lending you know, lending and current mortgages. There's some people that lost their jobs and were not able to pay their mortgage wow. and that wanted to sell. Then now they can't because they're in some sort of a program that deferred their payment. So it has affected us. It really has, but still good. Still yeah. good. Yeah, clearly. Still good. clearly. Still selling? Clearly. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, so, um, you said it definitely impacted. What are the things that I saw? Because like I do like, like I'm one of those persons, like I'm always looking at Zillow. Like I'm always looking at, like I'm always looking at stuff just, just to look, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
Um, one of the things that I saw was an increase in uh, the the technology around showing houses. Like there were like full videos. They're like mm -hmm. uh, these three D formats where it looks like you're in the house. And yep. how how did that was that a help or was that a hindrance in your in your viewpoint? Well, I think it obviously it helps because let's put it this way: information is at our fingertips right now. We can find out about the sellers, the previous owners, the house. So being able to look at that for those that did not feel comfortable going to see the house, mm -hmm. sometimes I think that's a good thing because at least they can see and like, ah, oh, it's not going to work for me. But there is a difference walking through a house. Absolutely. It's a different feel. You can't see the property. Sometimes you're looking at, oh, that room looks small. You know, what I, mean? I think walking through a home. So I think it could help. It helped for the person that was afraid to go see the house. Mm -hmm. I think that I hope that they didn't look at the house and say, ah, that's not for me because I don't like the way it looks because walking through a house is completely different. Yes. than viewing it online. Yes, it really is. So, yeah. but those things are helpful. But I think for the realtor standpoint, giving too much information out before the client even gets to the house, sometimes it, then, you know, you're like, they're like, well, what do I need a realtor is a deterrent you feel like? Yeah, I think sometimes they think they don't need to do a realtor. Sometimes they'll be able to see the house and then they'll call the listing realtor and not think like they need representation because uh, the listing agent can re represent both the buyer and the seller with the seller's permission. But yeah. I always feel like it's better to have yes. a buyer's agent yeah. and a listing agent. Yeah, that makes sense. That and, I've, and I've done both before. So I basically had to have the conversation. Is it comfortable for you? Is it comfortable for you? So I think going back to your question, it's always better to walk through the house. The pictures were helpful through the pandemic. The the Dow House of You was helpful through the pandemic and all that. But I think that getting out, seeing the house, seeing the neighborhood, seeing getting the vibe. You can't get the vibe that way. Right, right, exactly. That's a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. So, uh, Danette, one of the things that I absolutely love about you is that you are a mom. Um, and we share in common that we are both adoptive moms. Yes. I absolutely love that. Um, do you mind talking a little bit about that and your journey with that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, so I have, well, I, I started out with two adopted boys mm -hmm. and um, we were living in Illinois at the time. Um, I struggled with fertility and I decided to go through an adoption. I met someone in Texas that lived on my block when we were living there and she adopted. So she got us in touch with the first adoption agency. And I adopted my first son, who is now nine years old. His name is Christo. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved to Ohio, I figured, well, we need to give him a brother. So we adopted our second son. So my first son is Hispanic. My second son is biracial. And um, they are beautiful. They are. And, Absolutely. Um, they're beautiful. They are they're my everything, but I'm going to continue on the story because there's more to this, as you know. So we do open adoptions. We kept in touch with my uh, both of my son's birth families, one more than the other. And through the years, my oldest son, Cristo, he has a brother and a sister that lived in Texas. And we were in touch with his birth mom because I feel it's healthy for the children to know where they come from. Mm -hmm. And obviously, we can find, they can now find their birth parents. So I figured they should know their birth parents, know where they come from, ask any questions they have. I can always ask the birth family, whether it's personal or medical or just help, you know, because we're, we're, we're a white couple and we have a Hispanic and a biracial son. And I want to learn everything I can so my children can grow up healthy and know about their heritage and where they're from and things that I can help them with. When they walk out of the house, nobody knows where they're coming from. 
Right. I want them to be able to be comfortable with who they are and where they come from. Yeah. And then, so to continue on my journey, not to kind of cliff note this, we've mm-hmm. always kept in touch with my oldest son's birth parents, birth mom, I should say. And um, there's two siblings. Well, she unfortunately, and she would be okay with me sharing this story. She's incarcerated mm-hmm. and she um, had the kids staying with the paternal grandmother and the paternal mm-hmm. grandmother passed away last October. Mm-hmm. So she called us from jail and asked us if we would take the children. Wow. And because we did know him through the years and did have a visit. And for my husband and I, it was a no brainer. We didn't even really have to talk about it. We just said, okay, when can we go get them? And we had, we called the lawyer and we got on a zoom call with a judge. And he says, as fast as you want to come get them, you can come get them. We hopped on a plane that day and we went and got them and uh, they are with our family now. So we have my oldest son's two siblings. I can't say their names or anything right now because the adoption is official the end of this month because everything looks good because I can say it's going to be official. So now I have um, Mateo six. I have an eight-year-old who I can't say his name. And now I have Cristo nine. And now I have an 11-year-old daughter. So I have- Wow, that is so beautiful. And this is my first time learning this. I'm excited. Yeah, so the thing, we, family should be together. And that's why we did it because we have the financial means and we have the home and we have the sibling. And that's why we wanted to reunite the siblings together. And no matter what the situation was, they've always seemed like they were family to us, but now we can bring them home. And I have to have a shout out to the birth mother because if it wasn't for her, from jail, being on a Zoom call with a judge, which he says this has never happened. I don't know how you did it. Right. Um, because of her and because of her not being selfish and letting her kids be in an unfortunate situation until she gets out. She did the best for her children That's and it helped us reunite the kids. And so it has been wonderful. Our house is louder now. We have music. We have <laughs> different types of foods. We are having a ball. We really are. That is so amazing. And that that is that is part of why like I adore you as a person. Because oh, um, I know you are, I mean, you're you're for somebody to be as accomplished as you are and um to have um you know, like you said, to have the means and have the ability, um, you know, you could just really be selfish and live your life you know, as luxurious as you like and not really be concerned about others. But like, that's why I really, really love that about you. And I love some of the conversations that you and I have had around, hey, if I have questions about what it is to be African-American or how to make connections, you know, I love that um, because I don't think that you entered into adoption um, with the attitude that this is just a kid or this is just a, two random kids, right? You recognize their cultural background. You recognize um, the differences between you, the privilege that you have and the challenges that they may have. Um, and we've, we've talked about that and, and continue to, and I'm really excited to learn more about the, the other children. Um, but I really appreciate that about you because I feel like you are so humble and, um, you've allowed really God to, to shape that as a part of your purpose of what you're doing in life. And so I'm just really happy that they have you as a mom and your hubs as a dad. Um, they have a loving family that I know will provide for them, not just financially, but provide the love and the, in the, um, warmth and the feeling of home that you all do. So that is fantastical. Um, yeah. you know, 
you know I'm a fan of you and you move I, mountains. You move mountains. That's how the judge was able to get somebody on the phone that just never gets on Zoom. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did say he did say it. He goes, I don't know how you do it. This is a first, but you know what? They the way I look at it, we're the lucky ones. Absolutely. We're the lucky ones um, because we are lucky to have those two children that wanted to join our family and the ones that we have and birth parents that picked us and entrusted in us to uh, parent their children and take care of their children. And we feel very lucky that we were giving that blessing for blessings now. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I want to round it out by um, talking about uh, what you, what recommendations you would have for someone that wants to enter real estate. And I know you do, you do it from the perspective of a realtor, mm -hmm. um, but there may be people that uh, may want to do, you know, underwriting, right. want to, you know, be a realtor like you or any aspect of that. What advice do you have for someone that is considering a career in real estate? Well, I think right now, I think that um, you ask any other realtor, they would say, don't do it. But here's what I say. If you're really interested in it, you have to be the person that knows a lot of people. You have to have a big sphere of people if you want to be successful in this. You have to be able to talk to people and have people trust you. So you have to know a lot of people to start with. When you get your realtor's license, not everybody is going to want to trust you at first because you think that because you have your license that everybody's going to use you. Sometimes that's not the case. So my suggestion is go for it. Make sure you have support at home. Make sure you have someone at home that is making money because you're not going to make money at first. Okay. Cause you're going to have to make sure you have that extra income aside, or if you've saved money, but don't be afraid. It's who you know. It really is who, you know, get your license and then go work for a company. I worked for um, iron gate realtors. When I first started, they were great. I love them. And then I moved on to Coldwell Banker only because I felt they were a bigger global company. And I really went for the education, the mm -hmm. education, the continuing education, the classes, the support. You have to ride, you can ride the coattails of a company for a while and then it's going to be you. It's right. going to be you. Because mm -hmm. once you have established that, but really the most important thing is get your license, go to a company that's going to train you and give you all the tools for your tool belt and just start connecting and making relationships with people. Mm -hmm. You have to know what you're doing too. Representing people on this big purchase, you have to know what you're doing because there is going to be hiccups. It's not smooth sailing. You right. have to know about houses. You have to know about lenders. You have to know what your client is looking for. And you have to know how to work with other realtors and establishing re relationships with them. Mm -hmm. That's important too. But go for it, but make sure you understand that when you first start, you're not going to make money right away. Mm -hmm. You're really not. So you're going to have to. And the fees and belonging and the education also cost money as well. But once you've over that hump and you've done it for a while, it's a great career. You're flexible. It's mm -hmm. a fun career. You meet lots of people. I think right now people um, last year because they saw how booming it was. Mm -hmm. And this year it's low inventory. I'm a little nervous about people starting right now because there's more realtors than houses, but I don't think it should discourage anybody. I would never discourage anybody to try anything, but just be prepared mm -hmm. when you start to make sure that you're okay financially. That's good advice. Very good advice. Um, uh, what, what, what role does uh, mentorship play in the real estate um, industry? I think, I think it's a great, great role to have. Um, I had someone that mentored me when I first started, I followed them around and that's the type of company you want to do too. And you know, even if a company doesn't do that, 
find somebody that you can hook on with. This is very successful and you can help them and you can learn with them, go on their appointments if they let you. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to have a mentor. I think in any, any career, it's good to have that. I think no matter what, a mentor is super important. So I would say that would be great. And I, I would mentor somebody. I would love to do that. I would love to help somebody. You are amazing. I have somebody in mind for you. That's why I brought up the okay. question. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I would love to. Uh, absolutely. I love that about you. Um, and so uh, any anything uh, relative to real estate that we didn't discuss that is really critically important, something burning in the inside that you want to share? Anything? Um, just, I, I, I guess... Right now, as somebody, are you saying somebody that's looking to buy or sell or somebody that's looking to be a realtor? Either way. Either, Either way. way. Here's, here's what I'm like right now. There's a lot of people bragging about, oh, under contract, 30 offers, this, this, and that. I just don't want to be the misconception of that for people that are, I think, bragging right now about houses going over listing and 30 mm -hmm. offers and this and that from other realtors or just people in general, like, oh, I want a home. I just want, I want people to realize that homes are where you are all the time. And if you're overpaying for a home right now, you're not gonna feel great in your home because you're not gonna be getting everything you want. If you're going to be buying a home right now, make sure that you're not overpaying. That's yeah. my big thing. Look around, be patient, be patient. As realtors, I would like, to just say that we don't, there's some realtors that love this market. I'm not a big fan of this market right now for a buyer. I have buyers that can't find anything and it's frustrating. And I think from a seller standpoint, that's great, but I, I would like to see more balance in this market. Balance. That's, good. that's good. That's good. Um, Danette, you are amazing. Okay. You are the bee's knees. <laughs> but I, ha I have to go back to the Apple Android question. Cause my husband's going to be like, I cannot believe you said Android. Well, I, I'm, I'm with him. I'm I, with I, you know, because I made him switch to Apple because I am an Apple person, but today I was very frustrated to get on and say, like my Apple Mac's not working with this link. <laughs> so today I'm going to be an Android. Cause I'm on, I'm, I'm on, I'm on my kids. She's trying to redeem herself. Y'all. I am. I am. But yes, I'm back. <laughs> that's great i greatly appreciate you being on the podcast today having this conversation with me and we need to go out okay we let's need to do that let's okay? do that that's I miss you. You i know let's let's well, just I tell you before i have to tell y'all before we get off that i met danette at a wedding did we meet at a wedding no we oh. met at a party we met at a house a jewelry party, party. yes a yes jewelry party. So i met her like literally we sat there and just talked to each other and we just, you know, like there are probably 40 people there, but we, it seemed like we were just the only people there because we just honed in and started talking and really connected. Um, and then we have been at some events, events since then. And uh, it just, it's just been a great connection and I'm so grateful to know you. Well, I feel the same about you because when you walk in a room, you light up a room and that's how I got, I'm like, I need to talk to her. And I think <laughs> we might've been having a little appetizer together too. So we might've met over food because you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a foodie, right? I'm a foodie too. So <laughs> you do, you light up a room. You're so engaging. Thank and, you. And um, you're the person that people want to sit by when there's any event. So that's. <laughs> So happy Everybody to wants to come to my table. That's right. I'm going to her. And I was so happy we were at the table at the wedding, too. That was great. 
I mean, I know who to sit me with. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Thank you so much for those compliments. I'm really humbled. Um, thank you for being a part of the podcast today. Like you just have really, really made my day. I greatly appreciate it. And I would love to have you back. And I got to meet all, I got to meet the new children. Yeah, and- have it back for that. I'll have them all on. We'll tear it up over here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeanette. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Have a blessed day. All right. So listen, she just, she just, I just love her. To know her is to love her. Um, and she's just such an amazing realtor, mom, wife, just person. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today for Queen Conversations, a conversation about real estate. We will see you next time. Hey, listen, the podcast for the end of the month is going to be one that you don't want to miss. That's all I can say. Advertising's coming soon. I want you to like, subscribe, share, go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, Facebook, like it, love it, share it. Um, Go to Spotify and subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. We thank you. So the support that you all have shown um, for me and this podcast has been amazing. And I greatly, greatly appreciate it. I don't take it for granted. So I love y'all. Till next time. Come on, ladies. Let's join in. Join in. Talk about life, faith, and beauty. And so much more.